Today in Science from Wired. This episode is brought to you by Kia's first three-row all-electric SUV, the Kia EV9, with available all-wheel drive and seating for up to seven adults, with zero to sixty speed that thrills you one minute, and available lounge seats that unwind you the next. Visit kia.com/ev9 to learn more. Ask your Kia dealer for availability. No system, no matter how advanced, can compensate for all driver error and/or driving conditions. Always drive safely. First, the bad news: SAP Business AI won't help you generate cubist versions of your family's holiday photos, but it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia, or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks, and automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology, real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. Welcome to the spoken edition of Wired. How to hoist yourself out of a hole with physics by Reta Lane. Science, eleven fourteen seventeen, four fifty four p.m. No one can deny that there are some great physics videos out there in the wild internet. Today, I found this one floating around, featuring what appears to be a worker that needs to get out of a cone-shaped hole. Oh, sure, he could possibly climb up the side, or maybe even use a rope as an assist. But no, this guy studied his physics. He knows a great trick to get out of this hole by running in circles. But how does it work? Climbing up the side. Suppose there was just an ordinary worker that tried to walk straight up the side of the hole. Of course, there must be some force on him to prevent him from sliding back down the incline. That's the frictional force. The frictional force is parallel to the surface of the hole, and its magnitude depends on two factors. The first is called the coefficient of static friction, which is normally represented by the variable microseconds. Depending on the two types of surfaces interacting, the coefficient will have a value between zero and one. The higher the value. The rougher the interaction. The second factor is the normal force, the force the surface exerts on the object that is perpendicular to the surface. If you have a flat surface with an object at rest, the surface pushes up from the same force as the gravitational force pulling down. However, as you move to a sloped surface, this value decreases. Overall, I can write the maximum frictional force as F maximum friction equals microseconds. Times normal force. How steep of an incline can you walk up? This depends on both the coefficient of friction and the incline angle. If a person is moving up at a constant speed, then the net force must be zero. Here, I'm going to refer to a force diagram showing a human moving up a slope that is tilted theta above the horizontal, and I'm going to use a box to represent the person. It's fine. The normal force pushes just enough to cancel the component of the gravitational force that pushes perpendicular to the plane. In this diagram, if the normal force was equal in magnitude to the gravitational force, the box would accelerate off the surface. That would be just super weird. Instead, this normal force only provides enough to prevent the box from moving into the surface. As the angle of incline increases, there is less gravitational force. Pushing into the plane, so the normal force decreases. This is why it's difficult to walk up a very steep slope. The steeper the slope, the lower the normal force. 
With a smaller normal force, you will have a lower maximum frictional force. At some point, you just start sliding down the slope. That's bad. Running in a circle. Here's where the physics trick comes into play. If you could increase the normal force on a human, you would also increase the frictional force. But how could you do this? Imagine that you're riding in a car, and this car is driving around in a circle, turning to the left. If the car is turning to the left, there must be some force pushing you in the direction of the turn and towards the center of the circle. This force might be from the door or maybe from the seatbelt, but there must be a force. When an object moves in a circle, even at a constant speed, it must have an acceleration component perpendicular to the velocity. The magnitude of this acceleration increases as you increase the speed and decreases as you increase the size of the circle. If you have an acceleration, you have to have a force. So in order to move in a circle, there needs to be a force. Now back to the construction worker. When he runs in a circle, he needs that extra force to push towards the center of the hole. This extra circular force, technically it would be called the centripetal force, would have to come from the normal force. Yes, the total magnitude of the normal force would increase so that there would be a larger component of this force pointing towards the center of the circle. With the larger normal force, you get a larger frictional force. Boom! That's just what he needs, a larger frictional force to escape the hole. It's a brilliant move. If you like this podcast, can we recommend another one? It's called Big Picture Science. You can hear it wherever you get your podcasts, and its name tells part of the story. The big picture questions and the most interesting research in science. Seth and I are the hosts. Seth is a scientist. I am Molly, and I'm a science journalist. And we talk to people smarter than us, and we have fun along the way. The show is called Big Picture Science, and as Seth said, you can hear it wherever you get your podcasts.